You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Barkboard. And Jackson, here we are. It's you know a couple of days away from the uh, bowl game uh, that uh, Fresno State is heading just down the street to L.A. Uh, do you think there's going to be quite a bit of a, a you know a fan following going into this one, Jackson? I sure do. Even though uh, old Jimmy Kimmel on uh, Wednesday night was uh, <laughs> ripping himself a little bit because this sounds like his bowl game hasn't sold a lot of tickets, but. I know uh, it's not Fresno State's fault. They've been selling out their allotments when they've been getting them, and I know Bulldogs are expected to fans are expected to travel in the several thousands, if not uh, a whole lot more. Um, we'll see how much Washington State shows up. Uh, I know they're focusing on just selling the the first and second tiers of the stadium, much like when we saw the Bulldogs take on UNLV was more centralized and not spread out in the big venues. So, uh, yeah, well, it was a little interesting that uh, that they went that route on the, the television show the other night, but I think it'll still be a pretty decent crowd and a, a good atmosphere. Yeah, I believe uh, there's going to be maybe uh, a lot more um, showing up game day, um, probably buying tickets at the gate um, because they know they, they're they not going to need to pre-purchase them because uh, this stadium is huge. <laughs> there's going to be plenty of tickets to, to pick from. Uh, you don't need to get them uh, ahead of time um, because this is this is. This is going to be the state-of-the-art facility, one that you and I, Jackson, have yet to see. I mean, Las Vegas was nice, but I hear that SoFi Stadium is even nicer. So we should be in for a treat, right, Jackson? Yeah, it's going to be fun to compare the two. Uh, It was just a little over a a month ago now that we saw Allegiant two different times that weekend. So, uh, yeah, it'll be cool to see who's got the better uh, venue of the, the NFL franchises in our area. Yeah, this should be it should be fun because uh, from what I remember, or from what I've been told, there's a a, a a video monitor that's completely huge. It spans the entire length of the uh, of the stadium, if I remember correctly, Jackson. Uh, I've seen some pictures of it, but to see that in person, that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's like a uh, 360 wraparound screen. Look up and you see it. We're pretty much wherever you're at, so. That'll be different. That'll be cool to see, too. I haven't seen anything like that before. Yeah, so this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Fresno State heads to L.A. They're going to be taking on Washington State. But before we get into that, you mentioned uh, the Jimmy Kimball show. And uh, Fresno State players actually had an opportunity to be there in person for the Jimmy Kimball um, show, Jackson. Tell, tell us a little bit about that experience that you've heard so far from players and stuff. Yeah, they all seem to have a pretty good time with it. They got some behind-the-scenes uh, views and opportunities to see what goes on. They all have to take pictures with Jimmy Kimmel and Guillermo. It looks like he must have gone with every player and taken a picture. Uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, all over Instagram, uh, seeing all the pictures from the Bulldogs and 
Uh, you know, they didn't get a whole lot of airtime uh, last year. They did a little bit more. It looked seemed like with some of the players of the teams that competed in last year's LA Bowl, but uh, they had the group of bulldogs and got to show them on camera a few times, cheering, uh, dancing, and stuff. And so um, uh, they did get a little bit of airtime, and Jake Hayner and Evan Williams were front and center of that. So um, it was neat, but it could have been a little bit more, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those matchups where I don't think, uh, uh, you know, even though Fresno State fans are excited about it, uh, the Pac-12, not so much. <laughs> they, they don't relish the fact that they have to face the, uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, and so they, they're they just kind of brushing it off there. I think a lot of the Pac-12 is kind of overlooking this this matchup. However, if we go back to the beginning of the school year, Oregon State barely came out of Bulldog Stadium or uh, Valley Children's Stadium with a win there uh, by the skin of their teeth. So, Jackson, uh, you know, this could be a little bit of a, a payback for the Pac-12, don't you think? They sure could. And uh, they'll be on the Jimmy Kimmel show tonight, Washington State, so if they get more airtime, then the Bulldogs will be pissed. <laughs> Red <laughs> Wave will come in with a chip on their shoulder. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a Cougars team that, was right outside of what has been just a very, very strong Pac-12 showing this year. Six teams ranked. Uh, Washington State's been that seventh team. They've been very close against a lot of those teams, but just weren't quite able to get over the hump. Still went seven and five. Uh, did not. All five of their losses came to ranked opponents in conference. So, um, you know, this team has got some talent. They're going to be a worthy opponent. Um, but they're taking some hits, too, over the, the couple of weeks before the bowl game. They're not quite at full strength either, where it seems like Fresno State is pretty much as uh, at full strength as they can be. Yeah, and and so and to speak of that, Jackson, there's been some late news happening um, for Washington State. I mean, several players have entered the 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 transfer portal, so to speak. Uh, and not only that, but they ended up losing some coaches. And by losing coaches, what does that mean for Washington State heading into this game, Jackson? Yeah, they're going to be without some key pieces. Um, their offensive coordinator Eric Morris was just hired this week by North Texas to be their head coach. Um, their defensive coordinator was hired by Arizona State, so they've got both their coordinators have been uh, either missing or you know, tied up with other things. Um, they've had a lot of transfer portal entries. It's been close to a dozen, it sounds like, but the main ones have been a pair of receivers, including their leading receiver, Dazon Stribling, and their third leading receiver, Donovan Ollie who the Bulldogs have actually offered already, trying to get him to Fresno State for next season. Uh, they've also had a starting linebacker, Francisco Mayoga, or Mayoga, excuse me. And um, they've had their top, their only first-team all-Pac-12 player, linebacker Dan Henley. Uh, he has opted out. He's getting ready for the NFL draft, so he's not even going to give it a go. He's going to be on the sidelines, but not in uniform. So uh, you add all that up, and... Uh, Washington State has taken a, a lot of hits. Um, they're not going to be at full strength on either side of the ball. And, you know, sometimes it, it can loosen things up and you get some weird things happen in a bowl game. But uh, you would assume those are good positive signs for Fresno State to win this game. Yeah, it's uh, right now uh, any 
any little bits working in Fresno State's favor right now, uh, but uh, it's it's definitely um, going to change the the whole dynamic of Washington State as they face the the Bulldogs. So uh, it's it, yeah, I mean it's not going to be full strength for Washington State. However, um, as Fresno State <laughs> is involved in this one, we really don't care what happens with Washington State at this point, right, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> right, and the Bulldogs haven't had much drama on their side. They had a little bit, but not a lot. Offensive line coach Saga Tuatelli has left for Arizona State. Um, there may be a chance he's coaching in this bowl game for the Bulldogs anyway, so that might not be too big of a, a deal as far as the Bulls concerned. They've only had one player that would have been on the depth chart in this game enter the transfer portal, Kale Sanders, uh, who was the starting cornerback for most of the year, was the backup cornerback the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's already committed to SMU. So uh, there's not been a lot for Fresno State to worry about. In fact, um, David Perales, we're just learning today that it sounds like he is in better shape and he could be, uh, if not back to his starting role, uh, much closer to it than he was in the bowl game, played about eight plays, or in the championship game, excuse me, he played about eight plays in Boise, so... Um, not much for Fresno State, not a lot of drama going on right now compared to what's going on for uh, Wazoo. Yeah, and uh, and that's uh, that's good news. I mean, we we did talk about a loss uh, the last podcast uh, that this could work in Perales' favor of getting healthy for this upcoming matchup, and it looks like that is the case. He, if, if he's being able to move around a lot more, how much of an impact that's going to be for Fresno State's defense against Washington State, Jackson? Definitely. Um, it gives the Bulldogs a lot of options with the personnel, too. Uh, even against Boise State, without him in a big role, it did work out pretty well, starting Leonard Payne for the first time all season after he played so well last year, and then having Devo Bridges play at the end. Uh, that's a, a, a move that he had been at earlier in the year, but um, to have Bridges, Johnny Hudson, and Payne all at tackle and to get your star rusher uh, Perales back, that's going to be huge, especially with this matchup because Washington State has given up 40 sacks this season. Uh, they don't rank very highly nationally. They're outside the top 100 in pass protection. So to have your star pass rusher on the field, uh, that could definitely make a difference in this game. Uh, the quarterback, Cam Ward, is a uh, fast and elusive and slippery so the more uh, athleticism the Bulldogs can have on the edge the better yeah and we're we're definitely going to to dig into that a little bit more and uh, and check out what is uh the matchups here so let's let's jump into it Jackson let's let's not waste any more time let's take a look at Fresno State's offense taking on Washington State's defense um you know just by uh, taking a look at this, uh, at the depth charts and what you know about Washington State, uh, how do these two teams match up? Yeah, Washington State is an interesting team because they've had some games where they, I mean, their last game that they played, they gave up 51 points to the Washington Huskies um, earlier in the year. One of the team's best games of the whole season where they almost knocked off Oregon. They end up losing by three, but it was a 44-41 to shootout. Um, but then you look at the end of the year, the full statistics, and man, <laughs> this Washington State team, they rank number one in the entire Pac-12 in points allowed 
per game. Uh, outside of those two contests I mentioned, they've been pretty stingy. Uh, they've had um, they've been especially good against the run. Uh, they have given up a decent amount of yards in the passing game, and actually nationally they don't rank very well in yards allowed per game. But when you look at the competition in the Pac-12, I mean there were three teams averaging more than 500 yards and another at 499. Um, so, you know, they've got, I mean, they, they've had to put up a pretty strong showing in order to allow only 19 points per game. And even to be at about 360 yards allowed per game, has uh, taken a lot of work for someone to go through the Pac-12 and, and do that in this particular season. Um, you know, I've covered the Pac-12 as well, and it's not been a very strong conference the last several years, but this year, uh, there were just some very top-end offenses. Uh, you look at the games that the Cougars have won, uh, they haven't given us that more than 20 in any of their seven wins. Um, they had uh, given up nine to Cal and seven to Colorado State, gave up 14 in the win over a ranked Wisconsin team early in the year. Um, so when the defense plays well, things go well for the Cougars. Um, pretty much all their losses were over 20 points, so that seems to be the benchmark for them. They do run a four-two-five defensive scheme, much like Fresno State. They're going to have a dedicated nickelback on the field. Uh, their star power with Henley at linebacker is not going to be on the field, and their other starting linebacker is also in the portal. So they've got some things to figure out at linebacker. Um, and But other than that, the biggest strength they've got is that defensive end both of their ends were named all Pac-12 second-team performers this season. Um, you've got uh, Brennan Jackson and Ron Stone. Um, both of those guys are uh, dangerous as far as picking up sacks, which is a bit of a concern for the Bulldogs. Um, given the O-line status, the Bulldogs have also given up 35 sacks. So um, they've got a bit of an issue still on the O-line for Fresno State. And, some turmoil with Saga Tuatelli leaving, um, but Jackson stands at 6'4 and 263 pounds. Uh, Stone is 6'3, 245. Both of these guys are fifth year juniors, and, and Jackson is really the one that uh, racks up the sacks. He's got five uh, for negative 44 yards this year. So, um, as far as Fresno State uh, getting the passing game going and keeping Jake Hayner healthy, it's really going to be about stopping those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it's been a big question mark for Fresno State all season long is that offensive line and whether or not they can give uh, Hayner um, time to 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 look downfield and throw the ball. When when the Bulldogs do that, uh, Jake is really good at picking defenses apart. But when he's when he's in distress, um, it's the last thing we want to see because he, he gets pretty beat up and uh, he's he's still not at 100%. And so um, keeping him healthy in this game is a priority. They, they need to keep him standing upright and having the opportunity to get those passes out. If they do that, um, Fresno State could really rack up some points uh in this game. So we'll have to see how, uh, how that translates down to the offensive line and, and just how well they play this game. Cause if they're playing well, uh, the, the, the chances of Fresno state coming away with a win is uh, increases tremendously. So 
we'll we'll keep an eye on the offensive line and see just how well they do in this game. Next, Jackson, let's let's head over to the flip side of things. We've got uh, uh, Washington State's offense taking on Fresno State's defense, who in the last few games have been red hot. So can they continue that uh, as they go into this game, even with a week off? Yeah, that's the biggest factor for me, just because the Bulldogs have been so efficient on defense. The last three weeks, they've only given up three touchdowns, and if you think back, one of them against Nevada was in pretty much garbage time, and another against Boise State. The only touchdown the Broncos scored pretty much didn't matter. It wants that 50-yard touchdown uh, with about what, seven minutes left and never really threatened the Bulldogs. Um, the President State had built up enough, uh, uh, enough of a lead. So, I mean, you think about how good they're playing compared to some other performances. Even UNLV, just before that stretch, Gave up 30, um, and then, of course, some performances early in the season uh, were leaving some concern for uh, what this defense was going to be under Coach Coyle, and he really got them to mesh and uh, get confident and really buy into the system and just play fantastic defense. And so can they keep that up um, with a week off and with a lot of days off without practice last week? and uh, trying to stay focused now with all the bull stuff going on, it could be a challenge. And this is a Washington State offense that is going to be missing some receivers. They're going to be missing their offensive coordinator, but they do have a pretty special quarterback back there, Cameron Ward. Uh, he comes from Incarnate Word last year, where uh, their offensive coordinator also came from. Uh, and last year he passed for 4,648 yards. Wow. and 47 touchdowns. And so when he hit the portal around this time last year, he was a big priority for a lot of schools. And uh, Washington State was very fortunate to get him there. Uh, numbers haven't been as extreme for the Cougars, but they've still been pretty good. He's at 3,094 yards, 23 touchdowns, just eight picks. Um, he doesn't have uh, a lot of rushing numbers next to his name, but uh, a lot of that is because of the 40 sacks uh, I mentioned earlier. Um, he has rushed for uh, four touchdowns in the last five weeks. Uh, in eight out of 12 games, I've noted that he has run for at least one gain of 10 yards or more. Uh, he hasn't really had a huge run all season long, but they're a little bit concerned about his elusiveness and just ability to get out of the pocket and pick up that third and five, third and eight with his legs when everything else breaks down. So uh, more than ever, uh, the game's going to be in his hands. Um, considering what else is going on. It sounds like they're actually really going to give him a lot of feel with Morris um, leading their offensive coordinator. Um, this is a team that doesn't particularly run the ball a lot, but they do have a pretty uh, big playmaker at running back, uh, Nakia Watson. Uh, again, he's only got 736 rushing yards on the year and eight touchdowns, but he's doing it at 5.7 yards per carry, and he's also caught 29 passes for 290 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, when you factor in their top receiver shriveling and their third receiver Ollie and their fourth receiver Renard Bell is uh, hurt. The first two are in the portal. Uh, Watson ends up being their second leading receiver coming into this game. So, um, yeah, not going to probably see many big runs uh, traditionally, but he could still end up being a pretty big factor in this game. Uh, they're going to be uh, in shotgun and spread most of the time and 
will just be interesting to see how they uh, adapt to everything with so much of their personnel missing and the portion of their coaching staff missing too. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the key right there is just how well they're able to readjust everything because this is uh, going to be a little bit different without uh, certain coaches and and players being available in this game. So, uh, advantage Bulldogs. Well, let's just let's just keep it there. Um, right now, it just seems like there is a lot of advantages going on for the Bulldogs. Whether or not that translates to great play on the field is yet to be seen. Uh, but um, again, Jackson, I think uh, another another part of this uh, game that could come come into play and be a big factor uh, that's special teams. We saw it happen against Boise Boise State. Um, could it be a factor here uh, in this game as well? It sure could. You know, I, the offense for the Bulldogs really hasn't been all that explosive the last two games, and it hasn't mattered. <laughs> the defense uh, was just dominated Wyoming a couple weeks back, and the special teams blocked a couple punts and brought back a kick close to the score. I mean, it was didn't take much effort from the offense to get to 30 points. And then in the championship as well, uh, Rumigio putting up a touchdown, Lockridge setting up two scores with his interceptions and uh, the one time the Bulldogs actually drove the length of the field, they got that rough in the punter penalty when they were supposed to be putting the ball back to the Broncos. So um, I asked Coach Coyle why his defense has been so good lately and how they grew over the year, and he was quick to point out that uh, it's been a team effort and that special teams have really given them a hand too and that the offense with Jake out there has also – made it easier to play team football and, and kept momentum high at times. So it's definitely been a team effort, but special teams has uh, had some special moments in the last couple of weeks. And when you have a bowl game, we do get a little extra time to create some new wrinkles and think of some other ways to implement those groups. So we'll see if Coach Baxter's got anything up his sleeve. Yeah, and uh, and if we can get uh, if we can get Remigio free, we can uh, get field position. Um, this is this is going to be a battle of field position. If the Bulldogs can start, uh, you know, uh, on average in good field position, it only increases the chances of them um, putting up quite a bit of points in this game. So uh, that is definitely going to be a big factor. We'll probably see some. Uh, uh, some plays where the the Bulldogs come after some punts. Uh, they have been successful in the last few games of really putting pressure on the punters, uh, and we'll probably see more of that in this one, right, Jackson? Right. Um, you know, they have the two blocks uh, against Wyoming and the return against Boise State. I mean, they are are definitely rolling, and so um, I, I think they're going to be bringing the heat as far as blocks go, and. Um, of course, field goal game is going to be important. We saw Bulldogs miss one field goal that they attempted in Boise. So if it's close, uh, you got to cash in on those. Uh, I'm not all that convinced it's going to be that close, though. Even though the, the line on this game is only about three points, uh, it has uh, flipped from about three points to Washington State to three points to Fresno State. And uh, I think it's going to be a good day for the Dogs. Uh I mean, this is a good Washington State team, but they're not at full strength. And I think if the Bulldogs bring their A game, they're going to get out of here with uh, a two-score win. 
Now, if Fresno State does complete this game with a win, that'll be 10 straight games without a loss, um, which could make it, from what I understand, one of the greatest um, turnarounds in NCAA history. Am, am I off on that one, Jackson? Well, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, they would go from one and four to 10 and four, nine game winning streak. That uh, would be something pretty spectacular to see. Uh, I don't know exactly where it stands, but um, it's interesting. Uh, we haven't seen too many seasons like this. The 2014 season, they were able to come back from three and six to six and six to get to the championship game. It wasn't a very glorious ending or anything like that, but uh, the 92 Bulldogs uh, as well also um, had uh, some months early in the season, pulled off a big winning streak and finished the year in a very memorable bowl game in Southern California, beating USC in the Freedom Bowl. So a uh, chance for Fresno State to cap off a, a very similar feeling 30 years later in the same area of the state. That would be a pretty neat way to, to finish things off. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really Fun to watch if the Bulldogs are able to pull this one off. Um, and uh, it would uh, definitely be one of those history-defining moments in Bulldog football, uh, being able to shake off a, a, a horrible start and coming back not only winning the championship but also winning a bowl game against a Pac-12 team. So uh, let's see if the Bulldogs are able to pull this one off. Uh, which, you know, should only make them look even better uh, should any of these other conferences come knocking, right, Jackson? <laughs> right, and, if, and then you look back a few years. I mean, if they get to 10 wins, that's three out of four years for Coach Tedford with double-digit wins, and it's four out of six years for the program with double-digit wins. And one of those years that weren't 10-win seasons was COVID, of course, only played six games. Um, so uh, the chance for Fresno State to really keep stacking on this recent resume and to keep momentum building, and especially if the red wave outnumbers Washington State by big numbers, uh, uh, if the crowd is dominated by the dogs and the play on the field is dominated by the dogs, uh, it'll be a, a good way to cap things off uh, for the season. Absolutely. So uh, things will be fun to watch. Uh, Jackson and I, uh, actually the whole Barkboard team are going to be there in attendance uh, for this one. So there'll be comprehensive coverage um, from everyone uh, who will be attending this game. So keep a lookout for that as we start getting things rolling here in the next few days. But Jackson, um, you know, there's been other news for Fresno State, and that's that's been... Well, one, not so good. Um, we'll, we'll start off with that. We've got Josh Kelly entering the uh, the transfer portal. Um, and just what do you know uh, about this one? What can you tell us? Yeah, so as mentioned earlier, that the Bulldogs weren't having much drama <laughs> last week. That's specifically regarding the team in its current state because we weren't expecting Josh Kelly to play in the bowl game anyway. He's been dealing with injury. He hasn't played for the past several games, um, but looking ahead to next season, uh, man, that is a huge loss potentially to the team. There's a chance that he could withdraw and come back. That's where uh, things worked in the portal. Um, Jake Hayner did the same thing last off season. It worked out okay for everyone involved, I think. Um, but for Kelly, uh, to have Jake Hayner, of course, he's out of eligibility. He's going to the draft. Uh, uncertain about the Bulldogs quarterback situation and um, 
Uh, I think Kelly's weighing his options, maybe seeing if the Fresno State Bulldogs bring in a new quarterback or where he can go to secure himself um, you know, a better chance to put up big numbers this season. Um, frankly, maybe at a, a bigger stage, I think Power 5 schools are going to be coming for him. And, I mean, if he can land at a Power 5 destination with a big-time quarterback, uh, it could really help position himself for the NFL, which is the ultimate goal for him. So um, definitely uh, from understandable from that standpoint, but uh, not what you want to see as a Bulldog fan. You want to see guys like that, especially local, stick it out. I mean, he would have undoubtedly been the Bulldogs' number one receiver next season, even if they didn't have Jake Hayner putting up big numbers, which they won't. Uh, he would have been in position to get a whole lot of targets, be the number one guy, um, really shine uh, after being in a, such a crowded group uh, after so many years because uh, Jalen Moreno-Cropper is moving on to the NFL draft. Nico Remigio is out of eligibility, as is Dane Pope and Ty Jones. And now you throw Kelly in there, and there's not a whole lot coming back. That receiver that is uh, established, Eric Brooks currently stands as the top returning receiver uh, playing in the spot. And Magdalena as well has been a lot more active uh, in the second half of the season. And then we're going to see the Bulldogs really hit the portal, hit the junior college ranks, and uh, try to add in some key pieces along with a few that have been uh, developing behind the scenes. So um, would have made things a lot better to have Kelly. Uh, at this point, it's looking like they probably will not have him for next season, and uh, that's a big hole to fill on top of uh, a whole lot that they've had to replace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, he has been an integral part in the last few seasons of of uh, really getting this offense going, him with Cropper. Uh, and then when you added Remigio into, into the mix, it just it took it to a whole nother level. But the problem this year is Kelly has not been able to stay healthy, uh, which has... Uh, drastically hurt him um and so i you know one can understand why he would look elsewhere i mean you've got uh you've got your your other teammates teammates leaving and then you've got your your uh, starting quarterback also leaving so yeah there could be a little apprehension on his end as to hey i need to go somewhere where i can ensure i'm going to be getting the ball uh to help me with my nfl uh stock which you know you can't hold the, that against the player like uh, like Kelly. So um, you know if if he does end up leaving, uh, it's it does hurt the Bulldogs quite a bit. Um, but you know, like you said, there's a lot of players in the wings uh, still there. A lot of talent in that wide receiver group. That was the one group we weren't worried about. However, if the Bulldogs are able to pull off one or two players from the transfer portal, they will not hesitate to do that. And uh, Hopefully we'll see uh, something happen or we'll hear about it here in the, in the next few days because we are in recruiting season, right, Jackson? Everything is going to start hitting into another gear, so to speak, here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Right. And so last week we previewed that the Bulldogs were be having a big official visit weekend. Ended up being 18 recruits on campus over the weekend. And uh, six were already committed, and six since then have committed, and they're working on the rest of them, too. Uh, we've got crystal ball picks in uh, that the Bulldogs are probably not done yet. Um, but they pulled in six commitments, and they all came on Monday and Tuesday. It was a span of about 30 hours. So it was just rapid fire all over the place. So uh, commit here, commit there. 
uh, we'll go kind of one on one down one by one down the list. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a big weekend for the Bulldogs. Uh, it was one F, uh, one transfer prospect, uh, quite a few junior college recruits, and another group of high schoolers that they're looking around out the class with. So uh, so far, it's been a very very productive weekend visit for the Bulldogs and uh, with signing day now uh, less than a week away it looks like they might bring in a few more of those commitments before the big day comes yeah and it's uh, so it is definitely that time of year where you want to be a member of the barkboard.com because this is when uh, this is when Jackson really shines with the the recruiting process uh, he 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 finds things out that uh, sometimes I'm sitting here scratching my head so uh, we'll we'll figure this one out here uh, but let's start off with the list of the six commitments that just recently in the last few days committed here to Fresno State and the first of which was a um, a player from Fresno City College uh, to help bolster that offensive line by the name of Hayden Pullis. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I usually butcher names, but I think I'm close on that one. <laughs> Hayden Pullis, um, and he originally comes out of Hanford, California, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jackson? Yeah, that's right. So he was a, a starter at Hanford, and um, he's a guy that may have been quite the prospect had he stayed healthy. He did go through an ACL tear at one point in his high school years, uh, came to Fresno City College and was entering the year as a third-team All-American selection by jcgridiron.com and was getting power five schools on him and uh, towards ACL, a different, the other ACL this time around. So a little bit of a gamble perhaps as far as the health concerns go, but if he's healthy and he's on the field, I mean, this is a guy that uh, probably should have been playing some really, really high-level Power 5 college football and could have fallen right into Fresno State's lap. Uh, they didn't start recruiting him until even last week. It was a, a very odd recruiting process, but the Bulldogs, when they got involved, uh, I mean, Hayden's a, a guy that grew up going to Bulldog games and watching Derek and Devontae and more recently going to watch Juju Hughes and Tyler Mello from the Stanford High School. Uh, to support them, and I mean, he's a big Bulldog fan, and the family are their Bulldog supporters too. So, uh, when this all came together very late, um, it all made a lot of sense, and it worked out for about all parties involved. He stands at six six, two seventy five, projects as a tackle, and um, that's what Fresno State's been prioritizing most on the O line is getting a, a JUCO or a transfer tackle uh, to help with next year's line. And right now, he's the guy. Yeah, and that, and that's something that the Bulldogs sorely need is uh, offensive line help. Um, you know, the offensive line has been struggling all season long, uh, but by trying to bring in some players here and there uh, for next season, that's going to be key for the Bulldogs. But after Hayden announced his commitment, shortly after, another uh, player by the name of Isaiah Chala, um, and uh, he had offers from Cal, Oregon State, and San Diego State. Uh, and so this is a player that was highly sought out, sought after but ended up landing here at Fresno State. Um, now, he uh, originally is from Archbishop Ritterin uh, in San Francisco area. 
Um, and uh, for an edge defensive player, six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds, this could be a player that could be an instant impact for the Bulldogs, right, Jackson? Yeah, he uh, uh, highly rated as well. Comes in with the eighty six score on twenty four seven Sports three star scale. I uh, have the offers definitely, and was one um, that you mentioned about some of our recruiting coverage and behind the scenes. Uh, I was interviewing him, and he said. I want to let you know uh, you're the first person to know I committed to Fresno State. <laughs> so, uh, we got to break that one on the, the insider board uh, immediately after that. And also, uh, you know, I do my best to interview every commit that comes to Fresno State or, or chooses the Bulldogs and uh, provide the also not just the stories, but the full Q&A transcripts and the audio interviews with each of those commits. And uh, you can hear Chala telling me that with his own words and all the other things we discussed uh, with our interview with him, too, on the VIP board. Uh, yeah, just a huge body, huge frame, 6'5". Here, and he's actually bulked up to 250 now. And, um, I mean, just a, a one of those athletes that uh, is a, tough to pull into the group of five level. Um, it seems like now with schools prioritizing a lot of their scholarships to the portal, that uh, it might open up an avenue for Fresno State to get more recruits like this. And they had to beat out Cal and Oregon State. But, um, yeah, it was a, a big get for the Bulldogs there on the D-line. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, an, another player for that defensive line where the Bulldogs have shined here in the last few few seasons. Adding a player like that is only going to keep things rolling for the Bulldogs um, uh, to, to really wreak havoc on defense. Now, after that, um, things didn't really uh, slow down. It it's, it kept going, Jackson. Uh, then the very next day, you're, you're reporting uh, another player who had uh, committed to Fresno State, and that, that player is Justin Johnson, uh, a three-star safety from Inglewood, California. Um, now, this one's interesting because he landed offers from, from Florida State, Michigan State, Colorado State, um, and, and then had made an early commitment to Arizona, but then ended up flipping to Fresno State. Uh, and so what do you know more about this one here? Yeah, yeah, he got some big offers early in the process and then made the early commitment to Arizona. So typically schools kind of back off and you don't see a whole lot of offers go out in those situations. And uh, he decommitted from Arizona um, back in October and, Fresno State was the only new school to get involved with an offer. So um, with other schools filling up a little bit and Johnson checking out the Bulldogs, he decided that Fresno State was the place for him here after a visit over the weekend. And uh, as far as the composite ratings go, uh, Johnson currently ranks as the number one commit in Fresno State's class. So uh, kind of a late uh, situation here for the Dogs and Johnson to come together, but um, a big deal for both parties. And then you pair Johnson with Brandon Ramirez, a uh, local safety who's been committed since September. Uh, Fresno State's got a, a pretty impressive pair of safeties coming in. Uh, two of the top three rated composite commitments in Fresno State's class right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive they were able to 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 get him to to sign off on this one. So it, it's uh, it's definitely. Very good for the Bulldogs to help bolster that uh, that defensive uh, backfield, um, and um, 
yeah, I, I mean, hopefully this one pans out and uh, and and really lives up to the expectations because right now there's a lot of expectation on this guy. Um, but after that, then things started to get a little interesting, Jackson. We started picking up a lot of tight ends. <laughs> uh, so first of all, they picked up Richie Anderson, um, a three-star linebacker. Uh, who committed to Colorado State, but ended up committing to Fresno State as a tight end. So what do you know about this one? Because that doesn't usually happen where players kind of come in playing one position and ended up end up committing as a different position. Is this something he wanted, or is that something that the Bulldogs offered? Right, so a little bit of both. Um, you know, he committed to Colorado State uh, back in June, and... Um, this has been kept a little under wraps. The president state was even after him and they were able to get him one on a visit and both parties agreed. They wanted to check things out at tight end. Uh, the Bulldogs, they are losing Raymond Powell's. They are losing quite a few other tight ends in the room too. They're still bringing back Jake Bouse and uh, Trey Watson who are going to lead the group, but uh, down to just four returning tight ends right now. And two of them ha- have not really played much. So, that's been a priority for them here in December. And um, so Anderson's a guy, you know, who you never know, maybe he could go back to defense at some point at Fresno State. But uh, definitely a, a highly evaluated player. He was a top 100 linebacker nationally in 24-7 sports ratings. And at six foot four and 230, also gives you a lot of options at tight end, too. Um, so they like what he can do on offense and uh, gives them some versatility and some toughness. Absolutely, and it's things that the Bulldogs need right now, especially uh, tight end. You know, they're they're losing uh, a, a lot of depth there, so it makes sense that the Bulldogs are are coming in hot on the the tight end front of things. Now, the 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 last commitment, um, I believe, is Jake Tarwater, um, and he comes from Visalia as a tight end from COS. And uh, again, uh, more depth at that position. Six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. That's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, and he was actually a quarterback in high school uh, out of South Lake Tahoe, and um, it didn't quite work out at quarterback. Uh, decided to give tight end a shot at nearby COS in Visalia, and it's worked out for him. Um, uh, his recruitment has really uh, taken off as of late, and, and Fresno State was really the opportunity that seemed to stand out the most out of all the offers that came in for him um so you get kind of a versatile athlete who has still got some room to grow but is also not a true freshman either it helps you bolster up the room right away um another one they got uh on monday was uh brock liam yeah i was about to mention that i missed him Uh, yeah we've got him listed as an athlete and for good reason if you watch his film uh, he may be coming in the Fresno State to play tight end, but his second highlight on his senior tape is a kick return for a touchdown. Uh, if you watch his film, he's got he's intercepting passes, he's playing receiver, he's catching jump balls in the end zone. He was primarily a receiver. If you watch his junior film, he played some games as a dual threat quarterback too, put up some pretty good numbers actually, uh, as, both as a passer and as a runner over at Citrus Valley and Redlands. Um, so. I mean, this guy does it all, and um, a little bit 
reminiscent of some of the playmakers Fresno State's had in the past that tied in, like a Jared Rice or uh, a Chad Olson's one of those guys. And that's really exciting to see from him. It'll be really interesting to see how, how they mold him and uh, how his game comes together at Fresno State. So between the three of those tight ends, uh, it's looking real solid for the Bulldogs. Yeah, and this is a this is a, a good little recruiting class uh, so far for the Bulldogs. You know, getting that that many players in the last few days wasn't really expected, was it, Jackson? Well, so we had heard earlier in the process the Bulldogs were looking at taking about twelve signees on signing day, and so um, with some of the late moves like Evan Williams participating in Senior Day, and now three Bulldogs entering the NCAA transfer portal uh, definitely opened up some additional slots. And I think the surprising thing has just been um, the number of visits that they brought in was a little higher than we were anticipating. And just the uh, rapid fire number of commitments to get a six in two days is uh, pretty bizarre, no matter what time of year it is or uh, what's going on. Um, But you have that visit weekend, your only visit weekend that late in, in the recruiting process. Uh, it's bound to play out that way if you do your job and you have a really good weekend. And that's exactly what the Bulldogs did. And I'm hearing um, out of the other six visitors, I mean, it could be four, five, or six other guys that end up committing too. Um, there's still some work to be done here in the last week for signing day. Um and we'll see if the Bulldogs can kind of seal the deal on some of these other guys. Then after signing day, you've got still work to do with the transfer portal and other recruiting efforts before February. And uh, the second transfer portal window is going to be in May this year after spring practices. So uh, this is going to be a year-round deal, but uh, the Bulldogs have doubled their class from 6 to 12 in a matter of two days, and uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's really you know bolstered things for Fresno State recruiting wise, and uh, you, you mentioned that there's other players who are already uh, committed to Fresno State, and I'll run down that list, <clears throat> and it, it starts off with Buchanan quarterback Jaden uh, Mandel, uh, along with um, running back Devin Rivers, uh, Devon Rivers. Uh, some of you may recognize the last name, and yes, he is Ronnie Rivers' little brother, so he will be attending Fresno State. Uh, also running back Charles Greer, defensive lineman Mordecai Hines uh, from Fresno uh, Central, and Imari Conley, um, and uh, San Joaquin Memorial's Brandon Ramirez as well. Uh, all will be uh, attending here um, uh, at Fresno State. And so they, they are going to be at, you know headlining all the recruits so far that have committed to Fresno State. But, uh, you know, before that's said and done, Jackson, we always hedge our bets until signing day happens, right? <laughs> because just because they're on this list doesn't exactly mean they're going to follow through. So, uh, when is the deadline, the actual signing day for uh, Fresno State? I, uh, I don't know. If you said the date, I kind of I missed it. Yeah, signing day will be December 21st, Wednesday of next week. And so, that will be the official day for these recruits to sign. Um, uh, technically, if uh, 
some of them recorded to an official visit somewhere else. They can do that this weekend um, at their discretion. Uh, might not be well received by Fresno State, but uh, there is still another weekend where recruits can officially visit, but the Bulldogs are going to be on the road in their bowl game, so no visits will be happening for Fresno State. Other schools will be continuing to recruit. Um, but so far, I mean, everything looks pretty solid, um, especially out of the six early commits. Three of them are local, uh, so that's always a positive sign. And uh, one of the interviews I'm looking forward to get on the premium board here quickly is uh, Jaden Mandel. I talked to him about his visit, and he shared that he spent a good majority of the weekend with Jake Hayner, which was uh, interesting to hear about and uh, what he learned from Hayner over the weekend. So. Uh, that's uh, a feature that will be going up here soon. Absolutely, and and that only helps these young recruits when they're able to hang out with some of the the players that have been here for a bit and uh, can kind of give them some pointers. Uh, but this recruiting uh, session is going to be interesting, and as always uh, on recruiting day, look for our podcast as we um, as we break down. Every player that has signed for Fresno State, uh, like we always do. Um, but it's not going to stop there. We're going to continue to try and put out uh, podcasts for as long as we have content for them, right, Jackson? As long as we got something to report on, we'll keep pumping out these podcasts. We're going to try and uh, and keep them on a regular schedule as much as possible. We'll, we'll even switch gears into basketball as that starts to happen. So uh, stay tuned as the podcasts are, are not going to completely go away. We might have longer breaks in between, but we're going to try and keep them on a regular schedule. So... Uh, like I said, Jackson, next week is is going to be all about recruiting, right? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, big signing day. Uh, we're expecting the Bulldogs right now to sign somewhere around 15 probably. Um, so it's going to be a big deal for them. They're currently ranked fourth in the conference by 24-7 sports. Uh, we're some wiggle room to get a little higher by signing day for this year's recruiting class. And yeah, as the uh, college football cycle continues to be more <laughs> year-round with the portal and recruiting and everything. We'll sure have plenty to talk about, I'm sure, in the, in the weeks to come. Uh, keep us busy till spring football comes back around. Yeah, the goal is to keep these podcasts going until football, football comes back. And then that way... You know, you won't have to miss us for a little bit. <laughs> you'll you'll continue to remember who we are uh, and just keep things rolling. So, uh, yeah, fun one uh, happening here in the next few days. So, uh, Jackson, um, any other things you want to talk about before we start wrapping this one up? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot going on here last week, and I think we covered it all pretty well. Um, just want to give a reminder that we are offering uh, quite a VIP sale at the moment. Um, it's 50% off a year, but that also comes with our instant access to what is normally our loyalty perk of having free Paramount Plus. Um, so you're getting Paramount Plus, um, plus uh, that's all for free. And then you're getting Barkboard VIP for 50% off, just about $4.48 per month. Uh, when you get it for 50% off. So uh, about a uh, $200 plus dollar value for only around $50. Uh, it's one of our uh, most advantageous sales we've ever been able to offer. 
And with a whole lot going on on Paramount Plus, that's why they're going big for this one. Uh, Top Gun Maverick's going to come out on Paramount Plus later this month, and uh, they've got a whole lot else on there. Uh, I think one of the uh, Yellowstone prequels released this month. That's a big deal. I, I'm not all that familiar with the series, but I know it's a big deal, and a lot of people are on Paramount Plus to watch it. So, um, on top of all the stuff we offer for you for Sparkboard VIPs and the scoop, and uh, you'll, I mean, there's the critical time of year with not only recruiting, but coaching carousel. Bulldogs are in the hunt for an O line coach, and we'll see if any other things happen here after the bowl game. So, uh, a whole lot going on, and uh, we'll be sure to keep it covered. And uh, if you read all our content, then uh, you can head over to Paramount Plus and stay entertained till the next story comes out. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll 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 keep going um, and and reporting as we get it. Uh, but you know, like Jackson's talking about Paramount Plus, it is it is huge. There's a lot of content on there, uh, movies, t- uh, television shows. Uh, I mean, it, you name it. They've they've got a lot there. I watch it religiously. So if you are kind of on the fence about getting a Barkboard subscription, might as well do it and get Paramount Plus with it. <laughs> so. Um, it is a great perk to have, uh, but yes, as always, we will continue to be reporting as much as we can up until uh, the next season starts, and then we just start the whole process all over again. So be sure you are tuning in um, uh, on every podcast because there could be more specials down the line. Who knows? We'll, we'll have more more information for you as as things continue to go on. Now, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. If you haven't done so already, head over to the Facebook page and give it a like. There's a, a, a huge interactive community happening over there right now as we speak. Uh, almost 6,000 strong. Um, but And as always, if you haven't done so already, already head over to thebarkboard.com where we have both free and premium subscriptions. But as always, the premium subscription is the way to go to get all the latest news and updates of Fresno State. So that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.